from Melbourne and Minneapolis. This is for Christ's sake. Seven. The last time anyone counted, there were 25,000 diseases of man and cures for 5,000 of them. Yet it remains the dream of every young doctor to discover a new disease. This is the fastest and surest way to gain prominence within the medical profession. Practically speaking, it is much better to discover a new disease than to find a cure for an old one. Your cure will be tested, disputed and argued over for years, while a new disease is readily and rapidly accepted. Speaking of a new disease, you're listening to a uh, relatively new podcast in the grand scheme of things, and that is for Christ's sake, <laughs> even though this is already series four, and already episode seven of Aforesaid series. And my name is Hugh, and I am joined by my co-host Hunter, and each of us is joined by a uh, drink and a snack. Our, our big dicks. And our big swinging dicks. <laughs> And uh, we will be gorging on one of those three things and <laughs> sipping on the other, if not the other. But which one? Vote now in the, on our Patreon. <laughs> While we make our way through this seventh chapter of Michael Crichton's fourth novel, A Case of Need, written under the pseudonym Jeffrey Hudson. Hmm. Do we need to explain why we chose our signature snack and beverage one more time? Mm, why no? We need to explain what they are. I have a cup of coffee and some apple. I got a gimlet and salt and vinegar chips. Uh, anyway, it's the beginning of a new week. Or rather, it's Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on where you live. And uh, I suppose you'd like to know what the hell this case of need book is all about. Would I or would the person do this, listen to this podcast, that theoretical person? Both of you, hopefully. Now, would you like to elucidate yourself? Would I like to elucidate myself? Yes, because you're both people. I don't listen to this podcast, so no, I'm not both people. You yeah. listen to it while you're making it, so you can elucidate yourself during the recording session, even if you don't listen to the playback of the recorded episode. Yeah, okay, okay, shut, shut up. What am I elucidating? What this book is about thus far. It's about this... High-level overview. It's about this broad who's dead because um, she had an abortion. And there's this doctor who is Chinese-American who is in jail because they think he did the abortion. And there's this other doctor who's the main character who is trying to solve the abortion. The murder. So he can get his friend out of jail. Sounds good. Yes. And what goes on in this installment? 
feel like you're on a roll. Nothing. <laughs> Something happens. Uh, he goes to see some guy named Lewis Carr and learns about the circumstances under which she died. We get a payoff to the setting up of the penicillin being the killer, but it didn't really seem big enough of a revelation to warrant it being on the cover of the book, I have to say. Which is that she's allergic to penicillin, and they give her penicillin, and that maybe. Well, I mean, if it was a really big revelation in the book, it wouldn't be on the cover. So that that does explain why an apparent twist was on the cover of the book. Um, Yeah, the thing is. Although uh, she may have technically died of um, anaphylactic shock in response to penicillin, Lewis Carr theorizes that she wasn't long for this world anyway, even if the uh, intern hadn't messed up and given her penicillin by mistake. Because of her blood loss. Exactly. She'd lost more than half of her blood. And uh, that means you're a goner one way or another. Hmm. Who is this car guy? He's just some guy, right? He was a good medical researcher. I thought this chapter was really tedious, I gotta be honest. <laughs> it was very tedious. There were, like, the things it goes into where it's like, all right, fucking hell. Well, like, the start of the chapter for for one thing. I mean, that first paragraph is fucking tedious. Well, there's one paragraph that has, like, three different footnotes in it. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, yeah, that was the one I wanted to highlight as well. <laughs> Actually, ridiculous. I mean, if, if we're talking about the page of our, uh, you know, phone screens, the way it's divided mm. up here, so it's shorter than a regular page, it's basically three paragraphs, and we get no yeah. less than five footnotes on the page. Yeah. One of them is like, oh, when people go under shock, they are thirsty. Like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is a funny one. <laughs> is, this, is this his most tedious book so far? Quite possibly. I think this one is the one that I've enjoyed the least. And again, I definitely think it springs from the fact that he has some direct experience in this field, so he feels even yeah. more qualified than usual to expound at tedious length. Uh, this is, yeah, it's like the worst parts of all his other books, like, and there's almost nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like, whatsoever. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, the, the, like, you know, mystery plot is not compelling. No. And it, this, this is definitely his, his most nothing book. There's, like, nothing to latch on to. Like, the Barry is, like, is, is not a character. He's just nothing. Like, Wait, I thought he was a... salty and vinegary. <laughs> well, he is, he, well, he's a little bit salty and vinegary. Just like salt and vinegar potato chips are just a little mm. bit salty and vinegary. But, uh, you know, all he does, all he exists for is to, you know, shoot medical exposition into your fucking gullet yeah we we did we did question why this book was in first person and in some instances present tense and he hasn't really answered it because he basically treats us as if he's a third person narrator yeah or at least the way he relays his knowledge isn't like idiosyncratic or personal enough for it to really feel like a consistent character that you're getting inside of yeah, I agree. It feels like the same writer as, as all the other books, but for some reason it's in first person occasionally. But again, there's no, there's no, like, there's like a little bit of drive in his other books. This was just like fucking, it's like getting hit by roadblock after roadblock, you know? I mean, there are there are some, like, uh, odd moments in this chapter, I will say. I don't know if this is worth a for crying out loud, but... Let's highlight them. I didn't, I didn't think anything was notable. Let's go for it. He's riding and proud. Come on. 
I just want you to kind of unpack this and explain exactly what he, what he means. Okay, go for it. He's in the building where he's going to meet with, with Dr. Carr, and he's sort of describing his, his um, setup. And, uh, and then we get this, this bit. And for the finishing touch, amid the squalor and mess, sat a beautiful secretary, looking sexy, efficient, and wholly unapproachable, a non-functional beauty to contrast with the functional ugliness of the office fuck does he mean by a non-functional beauty non-functional because know. she's unapproachable like she's, well, she's not a woman fuckable she's a woman i just thought that was a, a bizarre sort of turn of phrase yeah that's a little strange but no, i don't have to care and it's like this book is baby his is most misogynistic <laughs> despite the fact that his other books are more in-depth <laughs> you know uh, objectified women the fact that the all the women in this book are just like props you know <laughs> that's it yeah uh I, I don't know it's it's not very uh enjoyable i mean i like props okay well anything else you had to read i, I, I didn't i didn't enjoy a single part of this chapter i, I thought i struggled through it um i don't think so I don't, I, 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 honestly, like, obviously, I'm the type of reader who doesn't need to have strong plots in books, you know, but in a book like this, you want to have it be kind of more direct than the meandering crap that, like, he gives you here. I think that's perfectly, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Sucks. Yeah, you really showed that cry in how to write a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just think it's too, it, it meanders too much to be a propulsive thriller, right? I don't care about learning the about this medical stuff. Did you not read that thrilling appendix <laughs> to Cops and Doctors? I did. Uh, I can't say why he included that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. What, what happens at the end? I guess nothing happens. Carr sort of darkly says, does it matter whether Arthur Lee is actually innocent or not? Whoa. Whoa. Damn. Well, I guess we'll find out. Trivia time. Which journal did Lewis Carr publish his results? Okay. Um, the New England Journal of Medicine. Ooh, correct. Correct. In which journal did <laughs> Lewis Carr publish his findings after discovering a new disease? I'm going to have to say the uh, New England Journal of Medicine. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Wow, interesting. Which journal does Barry remove the chair... Remove from the chair in Carr's office so he can sit down. 
I remember this bit. Which journal? Yeah, what's the name of the journal? It's probably not the same journal. It's not the same one. I'll give you that. Uh, The Doctor's Association Journal. I don't know. No, it's the American Journal of Experimental Biology. Alright. Good. Oh, should have paid more attention. What was Karen Randall's temperature uh, in the outpatient ward? Uh, I have no idea. I'm going to guess 102. Correct. What do you mean you have Really? Idea? Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I'll take it. All right. <clears throat> My final question is, as part of the intern's treatment of Karen Randall, he injects her with something called D5. What is this? D5? D5. What is D5? D5. Duh. <laughs> I'm not thinking it might be you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're R5. Doxy Drotson? Uh, nope, it is <clears throat> uh, 5% dextrose in water. Yeah. Should have read the right. footnotes. What was the full name of the intern who mistakenly gave oh. Karen Randall penicillin? The full name? Yep. <laughs> Jack Whitley? Uh, you got no part of his name correct, although <laughs> the surname was close. It's Roger Whiting. Mm. Actually, I had Robert in my mind, so I should have said that instead of Jack. Oh, well, who cares? Yeah, you should have been wrong in a slightly different way. Yeah. I should have been uh, wrong in a slightly closer way. Oh, regardless, once again, I swipe uh, defeat or victory from you. You're left in the lurch. Speaking of, uh, let's hurry up and record the next <laughs> I'm, episode. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fucking... You know, savoring that Crichton paperback. I cannot wait. Yeah, well, I'm going to be fucking while you're reading Crichton. <laughs> you're not going to be fucking. <laughs> no, no. We're moving on. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> on that note. Oh.